0: Chime in, anytime. <laughs> oh no,
1: I'm enjoying this far too much. Haven't you ever seen a rare hairless Wookiee before? Uh, Always remember I am
0: here. Always remember I am here. Always remember I am here. Always remember I am here. <sighs> Let's blow something up. Lord. Anakin Skywalker was...
1: I destroyed... Where we come from, Admiral, our world to be free is what's going to be. I am no Jedi. I'm
0: glad I gave you something to look forward to. That thing's not a Wookiee. Hello there, and welcome to episode 14 of Distant Echoes, a Star Wars podcast where we travel through the galaxy watching each episode of every Star Wars TV series in whatever order we please. Apparently. (laughs) I'm your host, Tommy.
1: And I'm your other host, Anakin Skywalker, realizing he is, in fact, the drama <laughs> uh,
0: Also known as Cassie. Did you like that?
1: I did like that. Thank you. <laughs> I still want to make that TikTok video. Ever since I, we rewatched that episode, when we get back to it, I'm going to talk about it because it was funny. <laughs> I sound like a different person because I have a lot of snot in my nose. Just so everyone knows. I, I was just going to
0: say, you might sound a little bit... Uh, Congested? ...hoarse, because uh, yeah. you're not really feeling that well, but Cassie yeah. is on the mend and being a tr- super trooper, uh, so that we can we can record. We can get this show on the road. Um, oh, Sorry, and you're also known as Cassie, not just Anakin Skywalker.
1: <laughs> I am the drama.
0: Um, and today, we actually have a really special treat. So, we were talking about it, and we were... Uh,
1: You said treat and I just wanted to go Yum 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 uh,
0: Yes, uh, yum 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 (laughs) yum treat We talked about Well for one, first we're back on our trademark bullshit And going back to where (laughs) we started this podcast uh, Bullshit trademark And discussing the Clone Wars animated series Yay, we're finally back But we're doing something also special today We're kicking off a series that We haven't really dubbed, but I kind of dubbed. (laughs) I I I wrote down the hyperspace route to Obi Wan, (laughs) or something.
1: (laughs) Cool, I love it.
0: (laughs) Maybe it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. You mean
1: the TV series, not the character? The TV. I mean, it is about the character. So I was like we're flying to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, so
0: face. So as of the release of this episode, we're 11 and a half weeks away from the debut of the live action series. It's a random
1: time to start a countdown. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to literally count down. <laughs> now we're at 5 and a quarter weeks. Yeah.
0: Well, it's it's 11 weeks. It's, yeah, yeah, it's uh, so it releases on May 25th, the the live action Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And so We've been jumping around as there's been new Star Wars stuff, which it feels like there's been new Star Wars stuff like every Day. couple months um, <laughs> to, to take a look at. But finally, we kind of have this window where there's nothing new, and we thought it would be fun to both go back to talk about the Clone Wars TV series, which is what we really want to do, but also do it in such a way that we can kind of prep ourselves and tie in to the release of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So what we're going to be doing for the next couple of episodes is going through some of what we're deeming our favorite and most um, poignant, poignant uh, episodes, <laughs> episodes <clears throat> of the Clone Wars TV series that feature Obi-Wan. So to kick things off today, we're going to be discussing an, a three episode arc from season two of the Clone Wars, which... I think we can just call that arc the Mandalore plot. That's the name of the first episode. So episode 12 from season two is the Mandalore plot. Episode 13 is Voyage of Temptation. And episode 14 is the Duchess of Mandalore. Mm -hmm. Just a quick outline of this. Like I said, this arc takes place in the middle of season two. There's not much setup you really need to know going into that. The episodes themselves explain kind of everything that's going on. The only thing you probably need to know is that well, the Republic is still at war with the separatists. Mandalore is a member of
1: what? I know who's the Republic, right? They must be the good guys. They must be,
0: but yeah, the the the, so Mandalore is a member of what's known as the Council of Neutral Systems, which is a group of about a thousand planets who choose not to join the conflict. There's a rumor set up, and I think this kind of is at the start of the first episode. We're going to talk about set up that mandalore is actually raising an army to fight against the republic and join the separatists and that's kind of why obi-wan is sent to kind of jump in but before we jump into the details of each episode let's go over the cast list and just of all three episodes really really fast i'm not going to like do it at the start of each one we're just going to go through the 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 cast and then we'll go through the plot details as well all right so episode 12 cast uh just the kind of the new folks uh, well, new folks and folks that we've already heard before. So we have Anna Graves as Satine... Satine Chris? Kreese? Kreese. Kreese. I don't know why I can't say I it.
1: think it's Kreese.
0: Uh Satine Creese. Lots of video game voice acting credits, as well as credits on Rebels, Big Mouth, and the Vol- new Voltron animated series. One cool thing I wanted to note. So from Wikipedia, she, is a, she says that she's a lifelong Star Wars fan. To portray Satine, she says that she drew inspiration and wisdom, strength, and regality. Regality? Regality. 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 <laughs> she drew that from Kate Blanchett's portrayal of Queen Elizabeth.
1: Huh.
0: Um, and because of Satine's relationship hmm. to Obi-Wan, she decided to emulate Carrie Fisher's portrayal of Leia Organa. That's
1: a little weird. Yeah, I... <laughs> yeah. That part's a little problematic for me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I didn't read the full quote, but I have to imagine what I don't think she was actually saying like their relationship, but more just saying like
1: the character, a space monarch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, the, the the Queen Elizabeth thing is perfect. Yeah, that's and, completely understandable.
0: And she does have that kind of like. Regalness about her Um, Something that you You know Don't really expect When you first go to Mandalore Which is really cool
1: I'd also say I kind of I just want to say this Because I think It's very easy for me To remember her name Because Satine is a name Of the character That Ewan McGregor's character Is in love with In Moulin Rouge Uh, I think
0: (laughs) I've never seen that movie So like
1: it's just really funny Because he's also in love With someone named Satine In that movie
0: My phone kept Autocorrecting Satine To Saltine (laughs) So so. The
1: Duchess is saltine Ms. The Crack- Cracker Queen Ms. Cracker, that's going to be Ms. Cracker The Drag Queen's new
0: <laughs> That's awesome that um, And then I can't remember if in either of the two Episodes that we did before uh, If if it had Obi-Wan in it But James Arnold Taylor is the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, I didn't realize this Maybe we mentioned it, but he's Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank Whoa! And he voiced Titus In Final Fantasy X What? Yeah Ha!
1: Sorry,
0: <laughs> you're gonna blow your. No, voice I wanted out. to do
1: the stupid Titus laugh. Yeah, you're right. I'm gonna have. A, I'm not gonna be able to talk again. It's
0: okay. I there's a lot of you uh, talk. There's a lot of preamble in this one. Um, so um, you'll have a little bit of a break. We also had uh, Corey Burton. He voices Count Dooku as where well, as well as a warrior and a Mandalorian bomber. Of course, he also portrays Cad Bane in the Clone Wars. And mm. quick spoiler, I meant to say this at the top. If you haven't seen Book of Boba Fett turn your podcast off right now he also voiced uh <laughs> he also voiced uh cad bane and uh even Boba though we Fett.
1: talked about it already in previous episodes well i mean people might be watching out of order
0: um and then uh this is really cool so we talked about this in when we we talked about book of Boba Fett as well john favreau voices pre-visla um in this um, mm-hmm. which is is really really cool and of course obviously he hates very involved uh, directing and producing and, and doing a lot of stuff with Star Wars as it is right now. We also have Julian Holloway, who is prime minister Almec. And Greg Proops was is Tal Merrick uh, in this episode. So you probably recognize the name uh, Greg Proops, Cassie, and probably our listeners as well from Whose Line Is It Anyway.
1: Yeah, that's very familiar. He
0: is the guy with glasses. Mm. He was one of the cast members who started. kind oh, of Oh,
1: I absolutely yep. know who you're talking about. He
0: rotated in kind of in like the earlier days and He's then became funny. yeah mm-hmm. kind of a staple as well. Yeah, Oh, he was great. It's something I didn't know. He also voiced Fode, I believe it's pronounced Fode, of Fode and Bead fame in Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. So they are the two-headed pod racing announcers Ah, uh, yes and there's bead is bead or bead i can't quite remember but no. he uh he kind of speaks in a different language and then Fode, who is greg proops kind of does like the classic narrator voice and translate and he's like that's right bead like that looks like it's gotta hurt like kind of <laughs> and it's 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 funny i never knew that was him um Maybe. but that's super great uh we also have matt lanter as anakin skywalker we've mentioned before and then tom kane is the narrator then we have episode 13, Voyage of Temptation. Uh, same folks, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Satine, Tal, Merrick. None of those folks have changed voices between episodes. Um, we have Phil Lamar uh, here as well. He plays Orn Free Ta. Dee Bradley Baker shows up. The, the clones aren't in the first episode, but they are in this one.
1: I miss Rex so much. I know. Like, he didn't even really do anything in these episodes, and I was just so happy that he was there.
0: Yeah. We have uh, David Accord as Captain Gray and a rabbit droid, which I believe we talked about are the the rat catcher droids. Later on, I think it's the same droid. Um,
1: oh, Ian Abercrombie from Abercrombie and Fitch fame.
0: <laughs> yes GK. that's exactly who ian abercrombie is
1: it's actually amber crombie isn't it i don't know i never i could never shop there because everything was too tiny
0: so you probably would recognize uh Ian abercrombie oh, he
1: looks extremely familiar yeah he's in a
0: ton a ton a ton of stuff so uh ian abercrombie voices palpatine. chancellor palpatine in this i know him from seinfeld he he plays uh, i remember
1: him from he, seinfeld too yeah
0: he plays elaine's boss at one point in seinfeld Mm -hmm. uh but he's he's a character actor that's been a ton of different stuff um so very very recognizable and then lastly uh the only changes that we have in episode 14 which is the duchess of mandalore we have catherine tabor as padme uh cory burton shows back up this time as count dooku uh aramis and deputy minister Jarek. uh and then we also have he
1: plays all the (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, we have Tom Kane, who does a couple of other voices. I thought that the, the police droid was was Obi-Wan's voice actor, but it actually was Tom Kane. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Stephen Stanton as Masa uh, Amida, and then a Death Watch trooper. I realize we sped completely through that, uh, but I did just want to get that out of the way, and then also some of the episode details so we can really do kind of an in-depth discussion of these, because I think these are really fun episodes and give us a lot... A really good look at Obi-Wan. So before we get into these episodes, real quick, what were your, I know we've watched these before, but what were your thoughts watching them back again? Mm. Just like overall thoughts. We can go into like detail on a lot of different stuff. The
1: second one was my favorite. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I believe the second one was my favorite. I'll have to think about it when we go back through. Yeah, I think so
0: too. I I, I like um, that one a lot.
1: One of my, one of my lasting thoughts was that. This is why I get so frustrated with Obi-Wan mm-hmm. as a character and how problematic he is. I love him. He's one of my favorite Jedi. But his relationship with Anakin, in contrast to his own personal relationship, and the fact that he sees his own Padawan going through the same thing, really frustrates me. That's really, uh,
0: <laughs> that's really interesting that you say that because I actually... I I wrote down. I thought there were some really interesting tidbits, and and we were probably saying the same thing about like Anakin and Obi Wan's relationship.
1: Well, Anakin, and and another thing is that um these are one of the few, no, actually not one of the few. These are one of the this this series, even though Anakin isn't in it very much, is a very good series. By series, I mean these three episodes, not like the entire series, because mm-hmm. I think the entire series does a phenomenal job of justifying why Anakin became Darth Vader in the first place Yeah. in contrast to the actual trilogy, which I say a million times, but that's like the biggest thing. And I think this was really highlighted in this because he just simply didn't understand why Obi-Wan would choose not to have a relationship, Um, even if the Jedi Council demands that it not happen. Yeah. um, He can't not care about someone. So I don't know. It was just Anakin obviously didn't quite understand that but didn't really like argue with him about it
0: yeah well we also have to remember that Anakin Obi-Wan doesn't know about at this point especially I think he probably has inklings later on but he doesn't know right now about Anakin's relationship with Padme
1: Mm, yeah so like had he had
0: he known that I'm just saying later on
1: it doesn't change the fact that he still loves Satine, especially when she dies spoiler I mean you know (laughs) well you know what I mean like You would think that that would make an even bigger difference. Um, yeah. And the fact that Satine, and and this is the last, I know we'll get a little bit more into no, it. No, that's fine. But one of the other things that I love about what's highlighted in this, uh, this three-parter is Satine's hatred or strong dislike of the Jedi Council. And as she sees it, a fi- that is a fissure between her and Obi-Wan. And, you know, Obi-Wan was a Padawan when he was with her. But I, I'm very curious to to see what Qui-Gon Jinn's influence was there. Yeah. And if he had any thoughts in, in deciding whether or not Obi-Wan decided to go. Like, Obi-Wan even says, if I knew you love me, I would not have been a Jedi anymore. Yeah. And that's a huge thing.
0: <laughs> it's, it's it, yeah, we we get a lot of great, like I said, we get a lot of great nuggets into Obi-Wan's past here. um, And especially Satine plays like a huge role in person that obi-wan is so one of the reasons i can't remember if i mentioned this at the jump but one of the reasons we picked some of these episodes is that i think that these should play like a heavy role could potentially i should say play a heavy role in the obi-wan kenobi live action show so
1: i'm sorry i keep forgetting this because i keep seeing weird like fake trail like fake posters for stuff (laughs) and just weird there really isn't that much information out there as far as I'm aware of what's going to be happening. But it's, what is the timeline for this show?
0: My understanding is that the timeline for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show is like right. It's it's when Luke is a child, like growing up. So it's after. OK,
1: so all yeah, this has happened. All of this heading. has happened.
0: Yeah. But they are going to be relying heavily on flashbacks. That's like the, the one thing. Because we're going to see that's one of the reasons why Hayden Christensen is is in the show because they're going to be doing like clone wars/flashback. At least that's that's the thought.
1: I I really want there to be a heavy emphasis on clone wars in yeah. this uh but I feel like it's going to be its own thing, which is fine, but it will be very exciting to see flashbacks. I hope we get a flashback of Satine.
0: Yeah, that um, would be and and that's what I'm I'm expecting as well. Um the the other the other thing and we haven't talked about bad batch on this show, but there is I think that we there... have
1: we reviewed all of it. No, we didn't. Oh, damn! I <laughs> we just that up? It.
0: Oh. The other thing is, so the character Omega. There's a lot of folks who are curious if, like, while they made clones of Boba Fett as like the you know gladiator, or sorry, not Boba Fett, Jango Fett as you know like the the warrior, could Omega have been a clone of Satine? So like. There's, there's something, there could be something there as well. We don't really know that, but anyway, that's an aside. Um, all right, well, let's go ahead and just jump into the episode descriptions. Um, first of all, the official description for this one, not relying on the Disney plus descriptions because they're still terrible, even though there's already a description that exists anyway, (laughs) whatever, uh, the official description for episode 12, the Mandalore plot is while investigating rumors of conspiracy surrounding Duchess Satine of Mandalore, Obi-Wan uncovers the truth about a mysterious Mandalorian plot. And the moral of this one is, if you ignore the past... You jeopardize your future.
1: Ooh. Uh,
0: yeah, and wait till we get to the next one, the next moral. The, the morals are very similar in the first two. Yeah. Uh, so this one kicks off with Obi-Wan heading to Mandalore to meet with Satine. He meets with Prime Minister Almec, who plays a very important role later on in the series. But for now, he just kind of serves under Satine and escorts Obi to see her. When they first encounter each other, we start to get a glimpse that they had a past relationship, which you were just talking about. But there's more to that coming. He discusses a recent attack with her. Not a recent attack with her. There was a recent attack on a Republic <laughs> ship. Um, and he discusses that with her. It turns out that she kind of identifies it as a member of Death Watch, who, who was attacking the Republic. Uh, we learn that from here, we learn that Mandalore is a pacifist world, which is kind of counter to a, a lot of what like the early lore kind of was for mandalore mm-hmm. and uh we, we learned a little it's bit a huge-ass change to it make is, to a
1: society
0: it's really cool well we find out right like there was there is this is where satine is yeah where she rules is technically new mandalore right there was the, there are
1: various subsects of mandalorians that weren't just death watch that separated from new mandalore well, correct.
0: The war, what they say is, so there is a civil war, but on oh, Mandalore mm-hmm. between like the folks like new Mandalore and then the, the warriors, right? Okay. We don't really get a separation of the warriors and so, Death Watch.
1: Sorry. I'm trying to get my timeline straight then. When would have th- the, when would have the like time of tears have been or like that whole situation where Mandalore was destroyed?
0: Uh, The night of a thousand tears. Yes. That is during the empire.
1: Okay. So this is later. That's later yep. on
0: yeah. so, so, you but it's have- after
1: they became New Mandalore. They would have destroyed New Mandalore. So New
0: Mandalore is where we are now. After that, you have the what happens at the end of the Clone Wars where Death Watch kind of takes over, and you have, Another spoiler if you haven't Oh, finished. yeah,
1: Darth Maul, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And so that happens, and you have, like, kind of the warriors kind of take back over. Got it. Because um, I
1: was like, they definitely weren't a peaceful nation when that happened. Well,
0: and I don't think... I think that they're pacifists by ideal. Like, yeah. I think that, like, they're that's their whole thing with not wanting to get involved with with the, the war efforts
1: and yeah. stuff like that. I guess I'm just curious as to why they decided.
0: Yeah, we don't get... I don't think we get much... As in the Clone Wars, as far as, like, what happened with the Civil War, I think we might later on, but for right now, it's just kind of like, there was this fissure, all the warriors are on Concordia, which is the moon. Concordia <laughs> also happens to be where, I believe, the sect that dinjarin is from as well i was wondering yeah which actually is a spin-off of death watch right yes. like they're like the children of the watch or something like
1: they're like, like the that. not evil version of what death watch is doing evil i mean
0: they want to go back to like they're more the
1: traditional death watch is like literally terrorists like sure
0: them. yeah yeah yeah. so yeah so we learned that mandalore is a pacifist world and all their warriors are now in concordia which is mandalore's moon uh, and 17 believes death watch is there as we're discussing and reminiscing, there's a terrorist attack. Of course, it's Death Watch and not just an act of vandalism, which Obi-Wan calls out. Oh,
1: my God. That was so funny. I'm just going to keep interrupting you so we no, can talk about it. it as we're summarizing. Uh, so it's just not like all summary. But like, so there, he's just escorting Satine down the strip in the city. And <laughs> there's a bomb that goes up. And he's like, "This isn't that what he says? He goes... That wasn't just vandalism. And it's like, fucking duh. It was an (laughs) explosion that could have killed, and it killed, like, you're, yeah, you're protecting the Duchess, whatever. And then there's all these people laying on the ground.
0: Yeah. It's.
1: He was like, it wasn't just hooligans. I was like, (laughs) those damn hooligans hooligans. bombing, like,
0: their city. Yes, obi Obviously. I I don't know. I, I don't
1: know why I like him so much. He's so dumb sometimes.
0: Obi-Wan is not smart.
1: He's very complicated, though. Like.
0: Oh, for sure, yeah. And this is this is why he's complicated.
1: <clears throat> yeah. It, I, I don't know. It just makes me wonder how much Obi-Wan what did influence Anakin's change. Like,
0: so I I kind of wrote down, <laughs> especially once we get to the moon. Well, let's just talk <laughs> about that. Uh, so th- there's that terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. Obi chases down the the attacker. The attacker. Inevitably, says something. Inevitably, the attacker says something in a different dialect—not mm-hmm. even different dialect, but different language—which turns out to be the language of uh, on the that they use on Concordia. And he kills himself. He jumps off the building where Obi Wan is chasing him. They go down. Satine talks to him, and that's where we learn. Like, okay, yeah, this is definitely someone from Concordia. I thought, one, I wanted to pause there, because you, when we were watching this, were like, damn, like, that was pretty intense of a moment where you have this kind of bomber who bombs, like, the place and then just jumps and kills himself.
1: It was very dark.
0: It was very dark. Um, Which Um, is what
1: I appreciate. Not that it has to be that way, but that's what I think differentiates Clone Wars from... I think I shared it on Facebook today. It was actually this meme that was like, why do you like this kid's show so much? It's like... It's just like a little kid show, and then like you like see all these deep dark like moments in it, and you're like, it's not necessarily just a kid show. Was it about Clone Wars or yeah? It it was like it was like showing moments like it showed like Ahsoka with all the like stormtrooper helmets on stakes and stuff. Like it was just showing some like really iconic, and I remember this moment. Um, what was funny about it, though, is that he didn't seem to fall very far. He didn't
0: fall far at all. just <laughs> so like which, which I have to wonder because this is a children's show. But he I'm definitely died. Still, oh yeah, he he's dead. But also the other <laughs> well, thing, yeah, he's dead. The other thing I wanted to call out, which is pretty much the case in this show, there is like no blood. Like, zero blood. He just falls. There's cracks in the glass.
1: I guess that's the way you get away with it, is that you could be as weird as you want and have, like, creepy spider men and, like, all this stuff, but no blood and you're good. Just no blood. Slit someone's throat. No blood, you're fine. We talked about this, I want to say,
0: when we were talking about the first couple episodes of Clone Wars, or maybe somewhere later on, but, yeah, you can get away with a lot of stuff when you have... Clones fighting droids, right? Like, they cut off the droids' heads all the time. They dismember them. Yeah. You couldn't do that if it was, like, two different... But they do,
1: like... They definitely stabbed people and killed them. I mean. Yeah,
0: which we see later on. Yeah. But again, no blood. Like, it's it's very much like a...
1: I feel like we're missing an episode where there was blood, and we were like, oh my god, there's blood. I oh, feel yeah. like...
0: I think alien blood happens, but not usually human blood. I there might know. be. There might be. Or or it's not like blood splatter. Like, if someone gets injured or something like that, maybe you'll see it on a uh, a bandage or something like that. But I don't think you usually see, like, the immediate effects that you would see in other things yeah anyway getting sorry getting back to the uh the the what happens next they jet off to the moon and uh Satine and, and obi-wan do and as soon as they get there they're they're met by pre-vissla who mm-hmm. is the concordian governor mm-hmm. we also learn that the separatists are funding death watch um and they plan to siege mandalore like we are, we, we we see It turns out to be pre Visla later on, but we see just like a a helmeted Mandalorian uh, from Concordia talking with Dooku. Mm -hmm. As soon as they get there, Obi-Wan jets off on a motorcycle, despite Satine's objections, gets captured by members Mm -hmm. of Death Watch, and almost gets crushed to death in the classic conveyor belt of Doom trope. Mm -hmm. Satine shows up just in time, saves the day, and then we learn that, that's like I said, we learn that pre Visla has been leading Death Watch all along. This is our first... Scene where we see the dark saber previously pulls out the dark saber. He talks about how it has
1: stolen from the Jedi temple, so which is very questionable. I
0: looked that up. And so, I'm, so jumping back again, spoilers throughout, because all of this stuff is tying in together, which yeah. I want to talk about a little bit later, which But that's what we
1: cool. want to talk about. We want to talk about how everything yeah. ties together. And-
0: so I looked this up and my understanding is that when, Paz Vissla, I believe it is, is mm-hmm, the, uh, Paz mm-hmm. the,
1: he's in, he's still Jedi. in Din Djarin's, no, sorry, Paz Vissla was the Jedi Mandalorian.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, who made the Darksaber. Yes. He, maybe, no, I think Paz Vissla might be pre like, cousin or something. I think
1: Paz Vissla is the one that's in Din Djarin's tribe that says, hey, this belongs yeah. to me. Tar-Visla. They, Tarvisla, that that's makes it. sense.
0: Pri. Whatever, Jeez.
1: but yeah, they talk about in the Mandalorian. They're like, uh, Tarvisla was a Je- Mandal- Mandalorian, Mandalorian, a Mandalorian Jedi, and in this, he says that my ancestor stole this from your Jedi temple, and I don't think that's true. I like to think. I mean, which one is true? Did you look it up?
0: So I think they're both true. So it does belong to his ancestor i don't think that that's necessarily established when they wrote this episode they kind of like i think not really retcon because they don't change anything they just add that in but my understanding is that with tar when he died it was kept like his his lightsaber was kept by the jedi order uh, okay And so I'm guessing That there was like Some operation that was run To go back and steal it The Vislas or something like that And then they
1: But Tar Visla also was His ancestor I guess that's yeah. why I'm confused He mm-hmm. didn't steal it from himself He made the He made it because He was well, a he, Jedi
0: But after Tar Visla died It was left with the Jedi Temple Yeah
1: but what I'm saying is Why would he say My ancestor stole this If his ancestor was the one That originally made it
0: No 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 no. I don't think he said My ancestor stole it He just said This was stolen from The Jedi Temple He just never He does never says uh, Oh, okay. yeah again i don't know i thought he
1: i thought he literally said my ancestor stole this from your jedi temple
0: maybe he did i might have missed that i don't think i think he just mentions it being stolen yeah but... because
1: if it, if it was that specific then we have a very interesting thing here where you know we don't there's a possibility that the truth is not what we think it of it is or he doesn't actually know maybe he yeah. doesn't realize that his ancestor was a Jedi. He seems to have no trouble wielding the Dark Saber.
0: <laughs> he doesn't. He just is able to do it. But then again, he's also had practice with it, I'm guessing. I think he yeah. I think at this point he's had the Dark Saber for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, this is the first so I think that I think one thing just to touch on that really quick. I don't know if they necessarily had all the backstory fleshed out for it yet. Yeah. I don't know if they knew what they were gonna do, but I think that they I think that they just kind of added in a lot of those details later on, but I think it still fits. Um, I don't think he was that concrete about it when he talked about it, but, um, yeah, this is the first view that we get of the dark saber and yeah, that's basically the end of the episode. He pulls out the dark saber. There's some, some fighting, Obi Wan and Satine are able to get away. Uh, of course, there's the moment where they're blown up, and he lands on top of her, and it's like, whoa.
1: There's some there's some definite indication of their relationship, but obviously it's strained now. Yeah, something happened to have made it strained, and they're very witty, and like they they fire back and forth off of each other, mm-hmm. which is really cute. Um, I actually am going to go back and say no. Now that I'm looking back at the notes, the final one was my favorite okay. episode. Yeah, and that's... Yes, so now we're on to the to the episode 13.
0: Yeah, so this is kind of the part two of the Mandalore plot, which is Voyage of Temptation, which has a double entendre, which I didn't realize uh, until I was going back and mm-hmm. doing... And this wasn't even something that, like, was in anything I looked up. I just realized, I was like, oh, Voyage yeah. of Temptation, duh. Like mm-hmm. uh, The official description for this one is, as the Jedi and their clones defend Duchess Satine from assassination attempts... Anakin discovers that Obi-Wan and the Duchess have a history together. Da, da, da.
1: Anakin, one thing I do love is Anakin is so excited about this. Oh, Anakin. He's like, oh shit. Like, he loves the drama. He loves the drama. He is the drama. And I love him.
0: So uh, the moral for this one is fear not for the future, weep not for the past. So just as a reminder, we had the first one was if you ignore the past, you jeopardize the future. Mm-hmm. Now we have... Fear not for the future, weep not for the past. He's,
1: they're definitely taking a hit at Obi-Wan here. They're yes. like, you need to learn from some shit, you dumbass.
0: Yep. So, plot-wise, not a ton really happens. There's a, yeah. there's a lot of like character details in this, but not not really a lot as far as just action. There, we're on a Mandalorian luxury cruiser traveling through hyperspace back to Coruscant. They're worried about Satine's safety, and it turns out they should be. We find out that someone has smuggled separate spider droids on board. Oh, yeah. That when killed release tiny spider droids.
1: Oh yeah, my favorite thing about this episode, my two favorite characters, Rex, R2 D2. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, R2 D2's in this.
1: I mean, oh, he's just he just brightens my day.
0: <laughs> um Yeah, so we find out, like I said, someone has smuggled those on board. Two clone troopers are killed. We have Mixture and Red Eye, R.I.P. guys. Although a
1: very dark, another very dark moment. This show is a very Interesting way of making some things very creepy, mm-hmm. and I've noticed that a lot of it involves spiders. <laughs> like Darth Maul's spider form is like one of the things that always sticks with me about this show. Um, there's a moment where I don't know if it's Red Eye's body or Mixer's body, but Cody is Cody and or Rex. I think both of them are going to look for them, and the spider has like m- is marionetting one of their bodies to act like it's walking yeah. towards them. It's so fucking creepy, it's and then creepy. throws the dead body just it, at him.
0: Again, this is a dead being. Yeah, like it's just they're it,
1: they're like tor- they're like playing with a corpse.
0: Yeah, there's like again just some really dark shit. I don't care. I love it, but no, it's awesome. It was I mean it was great, but yeah, yeah I don't. I think it was. I think that one was Red Eye. I distinctly remember, I think Anakin says like, oh, there you are, Red Eye, we've been looking for you. Yeah. So, yeah, so Anakin joins them in in the cargo hold, um, and they're trying to take down these spider droids. Mm -hmm. One of them escapes uh, and releases its babies. Satine and Obi do the back-to-back thing and fight them upstairs. Mm -hmm. One of the little tiny babies is left alive, and Obi-Wan devises a plan to try and uh, kind of bring out the saboteur mm-hmm. he kind of puts it in a jar and is like this is only going to attack us and you know won't attack the person who brought it on board what I,
1: which is very weird and not very logical but uh there's a couple whatever there's a couple moments in <laughs> this spider episodes. knows it's daddy so it won't it's like it's a robot program to kill things how do you know that, that, that the saboteur programmed it? He could have gotten someone else to program it for him.
0: Listen. It was just
1: weird. It was just weird.
0: No, no, I, I'm i with you. I think there's a couple of funny. different of those moments in yeah. these episodes. Um, they do some really
1: smart stuff, and then they do some really dumb stuff. They
0: rely really heavily on tropes yeah. in in these first couple of seasons. Like but again, it's a kid's show. Too. It is a yeah. kid's show,
1: too. So, like, yeah, you're throwing corpses around, but you also have to make sure the science is, like, on a certain level that is logical for, like, a 12 year old brain, you know? I mean,
0: I guess I get it because if you're, if you're, well, it turns out that it's Senator Tal Merrick. If you're Tal Merrick, yes. you're like, I don't want this thing to attack me when it's killing everybody else. True. But I, I get, like, you're right. Like, it was a very, who knows? Yeah.
1: Again, I don't really happen. care. I usually don't get caught up in the logic of stuff. I just thought it was really funny. Oh,
0: yeah. There's a couple different things. Yeah. So, again, so it turns out it's uh, Tal Merrick who is a prince of a planet called. once again struggling with pronouncing things turns out it's it is senator talmeric who is prince of a planet called kalavala and that's another neutral system planet uh a new another of the neutral system planets and he takes the teen hostage and drops the ship out of hyperspace as he does that dooku sends in the kind of cavalry there's uh some droids that show up in the end there's a standoff where merrick reveals he's rigged the ship to blow up with the push of a button because sure absolutely uh and then there's this moment of hesitation when he says that either Satine or obi will have to kill him but whoever does it will be hated by Satine because she's a pacifist and it's very like it's honestly kind of nonsense, because <laughs> Satine literally earlier in the episode says, like, she'll defend herself if pushed oh, this to is it. the
1: reason I like this episode, because my favorite part's coming up.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the part I really liked. Like, they, they set up this whole thing where they're like, she's a pacifist. She won't kill someone. And I guess maybe that's the difference, is, like, she she's not she doesn't have her disruptor pistol in hand.
1: Yes. She, she has, has an actual ki- pistol. Yes.
0: So, like, maybe that's what it is, but at the same time, it's like, dude, like, there's gonna be... You and everybody else is gonna die. Like you have to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, Obi Wan hesitates, which is just so weird. And it's not out of character for him because they're setting up that he's really into Satine still. But like, it feels out of character because it's like, I don't know. She just
1: confessed that she was still in love with him.
0: Oh yeah, and we. Oh sorry, yeah, I skipped right over that. As she's kind of being held hostage, she says like, "I still love you." Obi Wan's like, "This isn't the time." And it's like,
1: yeah, instead of saying, "I love you too," he goes. Well, if I would have known that, I wouldn't have been a Jedi. It's like, you don't have anything else to say. But that's,
0: I think that is his saying that, right? Like, because that was when he was a Padawan. At this point, he's already gone through the brainwashing of, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. Yes. Well, but he's gone through the training. The brainwashing. And, uh, yeah, so he's he's basically saying, like, can't really do it anymore. Um But
1: it's okay. Neither of them have to kill the guy because Anakin just stabs him in the back Yeah, shows up. <laughs> and I, I was telling you, this is my favorite part. I wanted to re- record the TikTok voice of the guy being like, am I the drama? Am I the villain? I'm not the villain. Maybe I am the villain because... He stabs this guy, and he looks like it's just this happy little puppy. He's like, look, I saved the day, guys. And then the background is like, duh, duh, duh. Like this dark-ass Darth Vader music. And yeah, Anakin's Imperial... just like, hey, what's up, guys? Yeah,
0: I literally I wrote down, like, <laughs> he he kills the guy as the Imperial March plays, and he smiles like a doofus. Like, it's the, I love it's, it. It's the best juxtaposition. Also, like... <laughs> It's funny because they use that to kind of, like, show he's turning to the dark side, but, like...
1: Well, because the guy says, he goes, only someone cold-hearted and truly heartless will kill me, and then... Anakin kills him, and he's like, hey, what's up?
0: Yeah. It very much is like, I don't know. It's a but lot of fun. what's
1: funny is Anakin just doing what he has to do like, what else to is he the save the to world.
0: Do? But, you
1: know, clearly that turns him into a bad guy. I mean, I guess he
0: could have probably, like, hit him over the back of the head with his yes, hilt or something have, yes. and knocked him out, but I guess the fear there is like, oh. Literally
1: stabs him right through the heart.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, like, the fear there is if I mess it up. He's just gonna push the button yes. and we're all dead. But also,
1: so. it's a whole thing where yeah. we have to keep highlighting. <laughs> what I also noticed is that anytime Anakin does something evil, his shadow is very prominent. Oh, um,
0: I did not notice that.
1: I think it's part of like the shadow of the dark side. There's like if you ever see any of the ep- like, I'll have to keep making note of it. But anytime there is like a a poignant moment where they play, you know, the Empire March, and he the Imperial March, and he is doing something evil that's foreshadowing him, there's literally a shadow. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I feel like that's something that's like heavily in my brain.
0: Foreshadowing or foreshadowing. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, no, not exactly, that yeah. was stupid. Um, so that that's the end of that episode, and now we're on the last of this arc, which is episode 14, The Duchess of Mandalore. The official description for this one is on Coruscant, Word reaches Duchess Satine that Death Watch is mobilizing, sparking a preemptive Republic invasion. On the run from Republic authorities, Satine and Obi Wan set off to discover the group's true motives. Uh, the moral for this one is: in war, truth is the first casualty. So they ditch. Interesting. They ditch the past, future kind of stuff, but that's because this episode is is very like. Anyway, it's very it's it's much more like about the Republic and invasion mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And less about Obi-Wan and Satine's relationship. So we start off. So with Dooku FaceTiming previous and he tells him that <laughs> Satine needs to be assassinated, which like, duh, um, <laughs> their grand scheme is to bring the the Republic to Mandalore to occupy it and defend it. Once Satine is assassinated and, and basically have the Republic take care of death watch. Um, and the, the idea there is that once Satine is assassinated, um, Death Watch can then repel the Republic when they kind of occupy their world, which no one wants, which we find out later. Yeah. And then they kind of look like this, you know, these liberators and it will rally people to their cause. That's kind of like the whole overarching thing that they're trying to do.
1: And Dooku is allowing that. To happen or? Dooku
0: is allowing that to happen because he knows in the end They're not that gonna they're, be yeah. They're then then that becomes a separatist plan, yes. essentially. So and Mandalore is a very like obviously like it would be a very good ally to have yes. for them. So while this happens, um while the you know the the meeting with Dooku happens, the Senate discusses whether or not they should occupy Mandalore, uh, which Satina obje- objects to. They then play a message from Deputy Minister Jarek from Mandalore, who says that they've lost trust in the government, and they want the Republic to come help them. Mysteriously, conveniently, after that message is recorded, he's
1: dead. Yeah, We uh, find out that they re-recorded it, or they manipulated it, so it looks like this, but in fact, he was saying that they need to listen to Satine's you know, words, things yep. like that.
0: Yeah, and Satine is, like, very <clears throat> untrusting of this information, because she's like, Jarek wouldn't have done that. Yeah. She's, like, very good friends with him. Um,
1: That's one thing I also really like Ooh, the Sorry. wind is blowing.
0: If, if there's sound, if any, I don't know if any of it's picking up, but we have our window open because it's very hot today. It's like yeah. in the 80s where we're at, but it's
1: also like really windy, and it's very windy outside. Um, what I really like so Satine's kind of annoying, but she also. So Tina is very wise and then I think she realizes there's some type of, um, I, I I mean, I think she just hates being, she's like very political minded, but she also hates politics and so yeah. she doesn't want Republic to be involved in her world and um, good for her because they're corrupt as shit and she's the only one that seems Whoa. to recognize that. Not in the way that, yes, Palpatine is evil and blah, 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 but like, she doesn't want them to have a hand in something that she's built. They want
0: to be an independent. Yeah. They want to be their own people. And she um,
1: also says, yeah. you know, Obi-Wan, you follow the Jedi Order, but you are also following something that um, inevitably interferes with the politics and lives of other people mm-hmm. and um, and, she, and not in a good way.
0: She, in the first episode, calls out, because the Jedi are, like, talked about as being peacekeepers, right? Like, Yeah. In the in the in this and she calls out like how are you a peacekeeper like if like you know like w- when you're doing all of this fighting and stuff like that and yep. Obi-Wan says something like peacekeepers have to be at the front line otherwise they wouldn't like work or something and it's like what
1: that doesn't make any sense what are you
0: talking about dude like, you're gonna put such... Gandhi
1: in front of a giant battalion of soldiers Like, it's
0: such yeah It, it's a very it's a very like obviously it's the Jedi Order and the the um it's the Jedi Order and the Republic you know kind of Involved with it this, makes me want
1: to go back and and see what the relationship or the the conversation between Satine and Ahsoka was because I feel like they have very similar outlooks on the Jedi Order. So I don't
0: re- I don't recall they um, have to
1: have interacted at some point. They definitely do.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll there's a whole see that episode
1: because... where Ahsoka takes care of his, her nephew. And all oh, that that's stuff.
0: right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't recall. So as so basically, the, the the we find out that the Senate is going to vote the next day mm-hmm. as to whether or not to do this occupation. On the way from that meeting, Satine, there's an assassination attempt on Satine. She survives. We find out afterwards that that assassination attempt has pushed up the vote, and the Republic has voted to occupy Mandalore. Mm-hmm. We find that out from Padme, and. That sends Satine to kind of go and, and investigate. She she meets up with a an informant who says they have information. They give her this hollow disc, and this is also at the time when the assassin tries to kill Satine again. Yep. This is a moment where I was just like, "What the fuck?" Because the the assassin literally has a clear shot on either one of them. Yeah. And chooses to shoot the informant instead of Satine, which like I don't.
1: Well, it looked like they were trying to set her up.
0: They well no I think that was just it felt to me like that just ended up being like a happy coincidence because uh, the guy was like because he's like he shoots her the the guy and then Satine starts like moving and then she goes behind something and he's like damn
1: like yeah I don't know it's so weird
0: it was very weird I was just like I don't know if they just it would have been very easy to have just had like just the informant visible yeah like have her behind something and then shoot the I don't know it, it was, was
1: very weird
0: very weird. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they wanted to stage it, they could have just made that much more obvious to stage yeah, it did her not looking like, like... like she could have ran into, a, like, a court, an alleyway with a dead body or something. Like, it it was, yeah, you're right. It was a very roundabout way to doing what happened. It did
0: not feel like that was the intention. He's like, oops, but...
1: oh, okay. Well, I guess this works out, too.
0: Yeah, um, and so, but, but, so what ends up happening is that uh, Satine is framed for, for that murder And is kind of on the run She contacts Obi-Wan because she has this disc That she says will kind of change the narrative
1: Oh, she went around the keyboard Wow That was scary Alright, keep going Look, she's <laughs> back again Sorry, our
0: our cat uh, almost ran on our keyboard Which is currently connected to the computer we're recording Which would have been disaster So she gets in touch with Obi-Wan Gives him the disc and is like, you know, I'm going to turn myself in to give you a distraction because I don't trust anyone right now. Get this to get this to Padme because she does trust Padme. And that's what ends up happening. Um, We find out that they deep faked the video and Jarek didn't actually say what was presented to the council. Mm
1: -hmm. Just being very delicate. Let's see if she does it again. Wow. 18-pound cat decided not to stand on a keyboard. Whew. Um, And now she's in a very precarious little perch in the window. Okay.
0: So, um... So she decides to, sorry, she doesn't decide anything. She shows the evidence to yes. the Republic again. They kind of rescind their vote and say that they're not going to occupy Mandalore, which basically sets the plan, th- th- gets rid of the entire plan, right? Like Death mm-hmm. Watch plan is foiled. Dooku's plan is foiled. But Dooku says like, you know, will essentially says like there'll be more to come of yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's the end of the, that's kind of the end of the episode. I did think that it was. I still
1: don't know. I think the middle one was my favorite one.
0: Yeah, the middle one was great. <laughs> Why well, you say... kept
1: confusing me? Because at the beginning you were like, "Wait, that one's your favorite one?" Okay. No, I was. But just... I think that actually was my favorite one because I, I don't feel like very much happened. Oh, I don't <laughs> really feel like much happened in the the third one. So yeah, I would say the middle one was my favorite one too. Uh, uh, what I was gonna say was, I just feel like there's there were like so many inner like inner saboteurs. It's a very RuPaul thing to say. Uh, he's always like, find your inner saboteur.
0: Oh, that's funny. Well, we, there's a a book we read for work about saboteurs. Oh, really? Yeah. Well,
1: what I meant by that is, like, literally, there are, like, all these people in Mandalore who are just waiting to overthrow Satine, and I wonder... Again, it would have probably happened if the Republic hadn't been there, but the Republic, of course, tried to intervene to make it better for their behalf. Um, so, clearly, there are a lot of people who are not happy with the society that Mandalore has become. I'm, I'm just, I wish now that these three episodes just make me want to know more about Mandalore even more, and and the type of lore that is technically canon now. Yeah. Because um, all I really know about is the, the warrior-like Mandalore, but also, if I'm not mistaken, some of the previous lore actually allowed Mandalorians to become bounty hunters uh, because they thought it was like a like a va- like a valiant position or occupation hmm. because that is what um in Kotor one of your companions which of course I can't remember right now is a Mandalorian and he says that like being a merc is actually like something that they uh think is a good thing.
0: Well that would make sense for like a warrior like culture, right? Yes. Like it would I feel like that would make a lot of sense and I think I think they are bringing a little bit of that back because right like that's the the clan that Din Djarin is a part of, that's kind of like their thing too. Like they're bounty hunters. Like they're just, mm-hmm. not just bounty hunters, but they're basically bounty hunters. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I did just kind of, our overall thoughts of like all three of these episodes, I did take down a quote from uh, Dave Filoni about kind of the reintroduction or the introduction of Mandalorians. There's so much happening right now.
1: There's, cat, there's cats vomiting. Gracie's growling at <laughs> Amazon Prime Truck. Okay, so according to uh, Wikipedia from uh, KOTOR's lore, Ordo Ordos, who I'm talking about, ah. uh, he's later known as Mandalore the Preserver, um, and he was a Mandalorian who fought in the Mandalorian Wars, um, and he served with the Mandalorian neo Um What... This article says, which I'm curious to know if this is kind of the same lore they're following with, despite their many successes, the Mandalorians were decisively defeated by Republic forces under the command of Jedi Knight Revan, and Order was, um, Ordo was among the survivors who were forced to give up their weapons and unconditional surrender. So mm. obviously this was hundreds of years ago, Yeah. so it could still be accurate. They could, they could add this back um, in. And he said the Mandalorians scattered across the galaxy and Ordo be- began working as a mercenary. Uh, but I feel like he was saying like that was the only occupation that fulfilled him because it was so similar to the life of a Mandalorian, um, is what his what his thought was. But then eventually he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's sort of what he decides to do. So
0: interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, we're gonna get a new version of the like Knights of the Old Republic. So I'm curious to see Ugh. see what they do there as and a if, game
1: or as a as a game. Yeah, oh and God.
0: I'm curious to see what they do there. If that, like, is now going to be canon, is it going to be, uh, legend stuff, like, what it's going to actually be. I, I do, I do like that you brought up kind of the, the change of Mandalorians and, like, change of how they're represented. Because there's actually a quote from Dave Filoni that I wanted to mention, um... Dave Filoni talked about, he says, uh, this is how George has always envisioned the Mandalorians. Of course, people immediately think of the iconic Fett armor because that's all we've had to go on for so many years. It's mysterious, and we've built up that mystique as fans. But Boba and Jango... Jango Fett aren't necessarily what I would consider accurate representations of the Mando culture. No. They're bounty hunters and outlaws, totally rogue. If you go back to the original concepts, the Mandalorians were a group of Super Commando troops. It's only now that George is really bringing that to the screen. They're in the series because he wanted to define their culture to explore the foundations of this warrior faction. So... So yeah, so I just I just think I just thought that was interesting I wanted to to yep. call that out. Again, we we wanted to touch on these episodes because of the Obi-Wan connection, but we do get very cool Mandalorian culture connections as well here too. For sure. Um, the other thing I wanted to call out: these episodes really kind of show us more binary choices. We have attachment versus non-attachment, pacifism versus war, intellect versus mm-hmm. violence. Is kind of like the new Mandalorian culture, mm-hmm. and then also Obi Wan's kind of like internal struggles, right? Of Absolutely. his love with Satine versus like I'm not I'm in the Jedi Order and that says no attachment. Those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I thought that that was really interesting because we we call that out like a lot of the times. So How like there's there's very little room for middle ground. And I think when you have these like non-interventionalist, I don't know if that's the right word, but, but these planets that don't want to get involved with stuff, like that's the ultimate middle ground. Absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? And so I just think that's interesting that we see that on full display here. Mm-hmm. I also just, we, we talked a lot about it, but you know, this is the first look at um, new Mandalore in the show. It's also cool. It's the first, like we said, it's the first time we see the dark saber and it's cool going back to see the first kind of look at the dark saber when we've had so much surrounding it in recent yeah. media. Like this is literally this episode, the first episode of well, this I remember
1: arc, seeing it and being like, holy shit, that's it's so a black cool. lightsaber. Which what? again, if you played KOTOR, it's not a big deal. Cause you can change the color of your lightsaber. Like, right. They don't care. But so
0: it, it was just interesting because, um, it, it felt like not a huge deal at first but now like going back and seeing it it's like big deal it's like laying this egg not laying it laying Laying an an egg egg. (laughs) sorry leaving these like bread crumbs (laughs) i don't know why i said laying this egg frog in a hole uh (laughs) but yeah it's just really cool to kind of see kind of the start of that especially now that we're just getting so much of it absolutely um the episode 13 i mean I wrote down like spiders are cool, <laughs> and you you mentioned like how they use spiders kind of a lot as kind of this horror element, which is really interesting. We already talked about it, but I just I I know you love the detail with Anakin and killing that guy. Um, so good. Uh, and then there's He's also cracking up. at the very end there was the throwaway flirt line uh, with for Satine to Obi Wan where she's like. I don't know how I feel about, like, the beard or something like that. And she's like, it covers up more of your beautiful face or something. <laughs> and it's just like...
1: And Anakin's, like, right there being like, ha, <laughs> ha, Just
0: fuck already. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, there was a lot of sexual tension in that one episode where they were arguing and they were, like, just, like, nose to nose with each other. Well,
0: it also... <laughs> I don't think that it's... So in that episode... Satine is on like this this high up bed, like lounging, as weird. they're having these discussions. It's like this luxury crate, like crater, luxury freighter. <laughs> uh, I don't think that was an accident. Like I'm I mean, in this luxury crater. Yeah, this crater it's it's got all the luxuries you could do. It's got and a pillows hole in the ground. and
1: wine and some more holes.
0: Um, but yeah, so I mean, I think that that was intentional. And then like right after that, they get into kind of like the face to face arguing. Yeah, um, so they definitely. Boner City. They play that up a lot. And then the only other things I wrote down for episode 14 was there was that Picasso-ass looking painting of Satine, which was cool, but it was also just really out of place. It was ugly.
1: It was like some some four-year-old painted it and they made a stained <laughs> glass like a, replica. It was so yeah, weird.
0: It definitely looked like a Picasso. Um, we talked about the assassin. I thought I thought generally the ending was anticlimactic, but I did want to call out. So I thought it was anticlimactic that it was just like, oh, they doctored this video. And it was a deep fake. But apparently they took a lot of the the, the showrunners and, like, the, the director and everything and the writers took a lot of care with that. The actual video, like, the real, the doctored video, they just kind of, like, pulled out words. It all looks very fluid because I think they, like, created that shot again. But, like, it's all the same words that he actually oh, cool. spoke. Yeah, so, like, they didn't have to do that. They could have just, No, you but know, that's neat. You know, like, they could have just been like, oh, we have this technology and it lets us just make it, you know. Sound like he's saying whatever we want yeah, him to say. When you have
1: a fake person, it's easy to yeah. make it look like another fake person. But they actually exactly took, the same.
0: They took the care to make it so that the message was like kind of pulled apart. Yeah. Um, Which I mean. Is really cool.
1: Deep fakes happen, have happened in reality. So that's. Deep Deep fakes
0: happen, yo. Like, deep fakes happen. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was a really cool detail. As far as Obi-Wan goes, we've, we've talked a lot about it i wrote down and this was something i thought we might want to discuss because we were just talking about this at the, at the top but um we learn more about his background obviously but we also learned that he and anakin are more similar than we think absolutely i think from like his attachments to satine we also their reckless behavior which <laughs> goes down that lineage right mm-hmm. like it goes from obi-wan Well, actually, I would even say Qui-Gon, right? Because Qui-Gon is like Uh, Yeah, I want to
1: know more about Qui-Gon. I think Qui-Gon probably started this shit. From what we see, (laughs) a lot of what we see
0: from Qui-Gon, he's not like... Because Qui-Gon wasn't a member of the council, I don't believe.
1: Yeah, he was. He was? I'm pretty sure he was. I think he was. I'll check. But yeah.
0: But while you're looking that up, Qui-Gon still was like, not reckless, but also had like that kind of like tendency of going against like what he... what he quote should be doing.
1: No, he was actually offered a seat, but he chose to reject it. Oh,
0: so yeah. So like, again, non-traditional. Well, he also, so like we have that going from Qui-Gon to Obi, then from Obi to Anakin, then from Anakin to Ahsoka. Like, yeah. it's just really cool to kind of see that traveling down, down the, the, the path there mm-hmm. of like the, of, of that.
1: Um, and, uh,
0: Qui-Gon was Dooku's. Qui-Gon was Dooku. Or no, Dooku, Dooku was-, was
1: Qui-Gon's mentor. Master. I can't
0: remember that. Uh, it was one of the two. We'll look that up too. Qui Gon was Dooku's apprentice. Mm
1: hmm. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. Qui Gon was Dooku's apprentice. So Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's, there's so many connections that we have, like in Star Wars. Um,. I also think like when you, in the first episode, when Obi-Wan just kind of like tears off on the speeder, like that's a total Anakin move where Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well this is obviously where he gets it from. (laughs) Like,
1: absolutely.
0: um, Come on. Um, And I also think he just has great moments in these episodes. I had kind of mentioned how I thought that he and Anakin connect a little bit more. There's the episode where he like comes in and they go into their quarters or into Obi-Wan's quarters. And he just like is very human in that moment. And sorry, in the, in the episode where they're on the ship he, like, you know, he sits down, like, he feels... You can tell there's, like, a lot of tension within him. Mm-hmm. He sits down and it just has this, like, open conversation with Anakin. Obviously, he doesn't share everything with Anakin, but he still is very much, like, you know... Anakin's, like, you had a relationship with her and that kind of thing. And he kind of tells a little bit of the background about, like, what was going on. And you just... You just... You see the humanity, I think, in Obi-Wan and not just kind of, like, the the Jedi Order kind of sense of things. Yeah. And I really, I really did like that. Um, and just, again, like, I think you do get, you get so much background on Obi-Wan in this one, not just like the, the background details, but just his style. Like, he's get, an
1: actual person a, and he has a history, yeah. which is what I hope to see more of in the flashbacks in the show. Yeah. I really hope that that's part of it. I mean, not that I'm not interested in what he's doing now um, as a Jedi, but that's the stuff that I'm, I'm very curious about to see how it, how it has built him to be the way he is.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you on that. And I think that they have a lot of room to play. With. There's so many different things that they can bring up. Just really excited for it. And I also am excited to look more at these Obi-Wan episodes. Because this one... It's funny, when we think about... I know... <sighs> I like I like the whole like all of Clone Wars like obviously yeah. some of it's better than others but I always think of like up till season three it being like a little rocky this is this arc was really good yeah. like I thought it was really well done um, especially in comparison to some of the other earlier episodes I think that um, there's just a lot of depth yes. in this that I I forgot about I actually thought this was later in the series but I did too yeah actually uh, but we do revisit this obviously uh, in in some future episodes as well do we want to do an outer rim you got you got the throw thing going on
1: i feel a little tired but we have been watching severance
0: oh god yeah we should talk about severance holy shit so a real quick boom 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 let's go beyond the outer (laughs) rim uh let's go beyond the outer rim the show on apple tv plus uh, that we've been watching a ton of is severance it has adam scott patricia arquette uh, John Turturro, I'm blanking on some of the other actors. But Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. And it's, I believe, created, written, or directed, one of those three or all of them, or some combination, by Ben Stiller. So, like, it's got all these comedic actors and, like, you know, people who you'd expect to be, like, really funny. And it, and it does have some funny moments, but it is... So good. A mind-blowing, just kind of...
1: It's a fuck ...thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, and the acting is very good and very dramatic um everyone is like incredible um adam scott is just phenomenal and uh what is who, what's his name jim darturo uh
0: john Darturo. john
1: deturro yeah he i mean i loved him and mr deeds oh
0: he, yeah oh he's great in everything i
1: know but i just distinctly remember that because that was one of my favorite movies growing up um, but he's so good He's so sweet um, It is so dark and so fucking Yeah I mean I think at the end of every episode we've watched Tommy and I just look at each other like oh, What the fuck um, Very good and the and the premise is very unique I don't think we want to give any of it away But um, it, it plays off of I guess I could say the whole idea Of separating your work life from your Home life Which is not something that we ever really see In like a very um kind of sci-fi-esque um thriller there's definitely like some sci-fi elements to it we're yeah, just like excited every friday to watch the new episode it's very good
0: yeah it's been a while since we <laughs> honestly it's been a while since we've had like a recurring show that we're watching together that isn't star Wars. yes <laughs> like we had boba fett and then like we i i remember seeing you know, I, I remember not really knowing too much about it and seeing like, oh, Adam Scott's in this and he promoted it on like a podcast that we listen to, comedy Bang Bang and everything. And it it was just like, Oh, well, let's check this out. And then after the first episode, I was like, This is incredible. Yeah. Um and, and again, Adam Scott is just such an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. Like he's so good in this, and not even like he, he has some funny moments, but like he's not he's not like comic relief or cop like being funny no. most of the time. And he's all. the
1: main character. Yeah.
0: So check it out. Check out Severance. It's on Apple TV um, or wherever you want to watch it. We're not your parents. Do whatever you want. Uh, (laughs) uh, But yeah, that's it for today's episode. We really hope you enjoyed it. We're going to keep going through some of these Obi-Wan centric episodes Mm -hmm. uh, for the next. Basically till the lead up of the release of the Obi-Wan show. Um, So that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. There's a lot to choose from. You can find each of us on Twitter. We are at distant echoes SW, or you can find each of us individually. Cassie, Where are you located in this galaxy?
1: Uh, I'm at Cassie Thulu.
0: And I'm at Awkward Comma. Tune in next time when we learn more about Death Watch's sinister sister organization, the Sleepy Time Lookout Club. You said them. I (laughs) added that on the fly just now. I saw that.
1: I was like, that wasn't there two seconds ago. I like it. Goodbye. Goodbye.